All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. and happy Sunday. So grateful you can join us. We've got a blockbuster show for you. We're going to start with a couple lawmakers from Congress and a couple of key people in the whistleblowing world representing FBI and IRS whistleblowers. Tim Stewart's going to give us an energy update. All the strikes against gas stoves across this country from California to New York, Michigan, everywhere else. He's going to bring us up to speed on what you can do to tell the government, hands off my stove. Oh, by the way, it's real simple. Go to handsoffmystove.com. Join for $12 a year, $1 a month. You'll be part of the Rebel Club fighting government efforts from federal to state to local to take away gas stoves as a choice in our homes. All right. And then we'll finish up with a little bit of laughter with Michael Loftus, the great comedian and one of the top entertainers at that show tonight. One of the most important new comedy shows in troops in America. All right. But we're going to kick off today with two lawmakers. Senator Ron Johnson has a lot to say about the Hunter Biden scandal and all we're learning about COVID-19 and the failures of the Public Health Administration. The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, resigned on Friday. Senator Ron Johnson had a lot of thoughts about that. And then we'll turn to Andy Biggs, congressman from Arizona. What a great opportunity there. Then Tristan Levitt, one of the top officials at the Empower Oversight Whistleblower Center. They're representing the IRS agent who blew the whistle on the Hunter Biden prosecutors in the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department. Then Kyle Serafin, the great FBI agent and whistleblower who now has one of the best podcasts in the country, The Kyle Serafin Show. He's going to weigh in on all things Hunter Biden and whistleblowing and the growing anti-Catholic sentiments floating around several government agencies, including the FBI. Then Tim Stewart will give us that oil and gas update, hands off my stove, and then we'll finish up with Michael Loftus, the great comedian from that show tonight. What a show! That's not bad for Sunday. We're going to have some serious stuff and then some laughter to finish the week. All right, we'll be right back after these messages with Senator Ron Johnson. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. 
Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Joining us right now from the great state of Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson. Senator, an honor to have you back on the show, sir. Hello, John. Hello, Amanda. It is good to have you on. And I want to just start with that news in Texas, because I know a lot in Washington are still playing the delay game. They don't want to get to the questions you have so powerfully put out to the American people about the vaccine, the vaccine safety, vaccine injury. But a state exercising states' rights jumps into it today. Your reaction to Attorney General Paxton's decision to open a probe? Well, it's about time. I'm glad he's doing it. I'll just remind everybody, the swine flu, uh, that program was shut down after about four to 500 cases of Guillain-Barre disease and a couple dozen deaths. On the VAERS system, which the FDA touted back in October before they got the emergency use authorization, on the VAERS system right now, uh, we have over 35,000 deaths uh, attributed to the COVID-19 vaccine worldwide. 25% of those deaths are occurring either on the day of vaccination or within one or two days, 35,000 deaths. Uh, over one and a half million adverse events. And there are two complaints about VAERS. It doesn't prove causation. That's true. But again, 25% of the deaths occurring on day zero, one or two, and it dramatically understates the number of adverse events. So I, I, I've been beside myself since, oh, I don't know, about March of 2021, as I started tracking the deaths when there were a couple thousand and just filed those right up to 35,000 deaths. And there's a collective silence on the part of our federal health agencies, the mainstream media, the big tech social media giants, and you know, quite honestly, pretty much across the board. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's incredible how differently COVID was handled as compared to things like swine flu, as, as you just indicated. Sarah, I want to shift to our main story of the day. You know, I think the American people, when they talk about anything governmental, anything within the Beltway in Washington, they expect 
for folks to have a very loose relationship with the truth. <laughs> but you intimated over the weekend that this was I mean, this was a bold faced lie from Secretary of State Antony Blinken with respect to communications that he may or may not have had. Now, you know, that we have uh, emails with Hunter Biden. As an everyday American, I think that I look at a story like this and I think to myself, why didn't he just answer and say, I don't know? That seems to me to be very low hanging, plausible deniability. Well, we can only speculate, but uh, now we know because of testimony given for the House by a former deputy CIA director, Mark Morrell, that it was Anthony Blinken that spearheaded, that initiated the massive fraud, that letter by 51 uh, former intelligence uh, officials that uh, uh, said that the Hunter Biden laptop had all the earmarks of a Russian information campaign. That letter was a U.S. information campaign in of itself that interfered in our election to a far greater extent than anything Russia ever could have accomplished in 2016 or 2020. So based on that information and now new emails that have surfaced, we went back into our transcripts uh, with our interview with the uh, now Secretary of State Blinken. Now remember, uh, he was Deputy Secretary of State under Obama. Uh, we certainly suspected that he knew about uh, Hunter's dealings with Burisma. Uh, there was a meeting scheduled between, between he and Hunter in May of 2015. This is a year after Hunter joined the board. Uh, that meeting was canceled because three days later, Bo Biden died, but they did have a luncheon meeting in July of 2015. So we wanted to talk to uh, Secretary Blinken uh, prior to the election, uh, prior to our issuing our report. We actually had an interview scheduled, but he canceled it. But after the election, once Biden won because of you know his massive fraud, uh, he agreed to sit down and be interviewed because he wanted to be Secretary of State. And he knew I'd be on Senate Foreign Relations and I'd be asking these questions in a confirmation hearing. So he wanted to, I guess, get it behind him. So we sat down and he, he, of course, said that the only thing he and Hunter Biden talked about in July was Bo Biden's death. We had no documentation. It's a very sad story. Couldn't really press him on that. But my investigators asked him, well, how did you communicate with uh, Hunter? I mean, phone calls, not many. Uh, what about emails and texts? Do you email and text him? And his answer was unequivocally said no. Now, again, man, as you said, why didn't you just say I can't quite remember? My guess is he wanted to make sure that we wouldn't go the step further and then start asking for his email communications, his text communications, because they might be quite revealing. So we know we've caught him in a boldface lie. He lied before Congress. His entire testimony that he gave after the election, December 2020, now is in question in terms of its veracity. And uh, we need to get not only his phone records, but we also found out his his wife also worked for the State Department under Obama. Her, her name is Evan Ryan. I never would have made the connection. She was basically acting as a conduit uh, between Hunter Biden and Anthony Blinken. In one case, trying to arrange a phone call between Anthony Blinken and the heads of the Blue Star Strategies. That, that is the Democrat lobbying firm that was representing Burisma trying to get meetings with Obama administration officials. So again, it's we've got the onion in front of us. We're painstakingly peeling back thin layer after thin layer, but the truth is being revealed, and it's pretty ugly as it relates to uh, the the lack of integrity of uh, one Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. He should resign, or he should be impeached. Anybody with integrity with this with these recent revelations, I think, would have already resigned by by now.
Yeah, these are very troubling questions. And you have stuck to your guns and getting information out when so many other people lost interest in getting accountability for the American people. I was in uh, Philadelphia and there was a young mom named Jilly. She asked me to say this to you the next time I saw you. She said she wished you were her senator. And of course, I asked why not to be insulting, but I want to know what it was that you did. And she, she said this, Senator, you don't let politics get in the way of facts. And I just want to pass it on to you from a young mom in New Jersey. And on that note, I want to say we can't let the facts now stop us from getting accountability. The 51 people who signed that letter, Anthony Blinken, Mike Morrell, who instigate that letter. Is there anything Congress, the House Republicans, the power of the purse can do to maybe exact some punishment, exact some accountability for what they did to us in the 2020 election? Well, again, exposing the truth is certainly the first step in accountability, pretty powerful accountability. But the House can impeach those individuals who are currently serving in government. And a number of those individuals, you know, the made men, uh, are now serving in the Biden administration, they also ought to either resign or be impeached. And then we should do everything we can to revoke security clearances of every one of those individuals that signed that letter. All of them should be barred from either current or future employment with, with federal government. Again, this is a massive fraud. Yeah. This interfered in our election. This turned the results of the election. We've seen polls. Had, had the American public known about the Hunter Biden laptop, they wouldn't have voted for uh, Joe Biden. We wouldn't be on this path of destruction that he has uh, put America on. So this needs this needs to be exposed. It needs to be punished. And these individuals should never serve in government. Yeah. I think a lot of folks agree with you. And Senator, speaking of punishment, I think that the American people feel quite punished by this economy. We are hearing that interest rates uh, might go up again to a 16-year high. So that's Great news for Americans. But the House was able to get this bill out uh, to avoid a major, major debt crisis here in America heading to the Senate. I know that uh, you you have opinions on what Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is going to do with that. Do you think that it will pass through very quickly? Well, first of all, big shout out to House conservatives who really led the charge here. The House Freedom Caucus, they had a proposal. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, kudos to uh, Speaker McCarthy and, and everybody else in the House that came together, uh, moved toward the, the conservative position and attached some real fiscal controls to an increase in the debt ceiling. Uh, we work with those House members and, you know, our role here in the Senate is support them. We're calling on Chuck Schumer to bring that debt ceiling bill up to a vote in the Senate and pass it now. It's the only t bill on the table. Uh, it's it's more than reasonable. House conservatives, they trust me, they wanted something, you know, far with far stronger fiscal controls. Uh, they did a fair amount of compromising within their own ranks. Uh, but they brought the conference together. They passed this bill. And now Chuck Schumer should pass it in the Senate and President Biden should sign it into law. All right, folks, so good. When we come back, Congressman Andy Biggs from the border to the Bidens. Andy Biggs has got us covered. He'll cover that right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. 
You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Welcome back, America. Our next guest is one of the most trusted conservative voices up on Capitol Hill. Not only is he a hawk on all things happening at our southern border, but he also presides as an influential voice on both the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees. Joining us now is Congressman Andy Biggs from the great state of Arizona. Congressman, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Amanda. Good to see you, John and Amanda. It's great to see you. Um, Unfortunately, we are, what, a week out from Title 42 being lifted. Uh, I, I want to stay on that topic before we pivot to some more national news. Um, we had Border Patrol Union President Brandon Judd on the show yesterday. He said that uh, nearly 8,000 immigrants are passing every single day uh, over our southern border. And I know that you mentioned on Twitter that that's going to increase to 14,000 once Title 42 is lifted. Our nation, I think for a long time, folks have felt like we are under invasion. How much worse is this going to get? Well, it's going to be significantly worse. Um, my sources, I, t- I spoke to a border uh, community official, um, and he indicated to me pretty clearly that that uh, they have been told that there's going to be community releases. And now what that means is that we will not be able to have, we don't have enough facilities or personnel to process Um, And so these people will just be released into the communities on the spot. um, He's been told that they're going to just take a picture of these individuals, take whatever false ID or false information they give them, and then release them right into those border communities. So it's going to get pretty precarious, not to mention you had down in in Mexico City this week uh, our own uh, a subordinate to uh, the uh, Secretary of State making an agreement that they were going to try to censor uh, journalistic uh, videos of the the surge that's happening and will uh, really blow up. They don't want that uh, getting out there like we saw with the Haitian uh, invasion a year ago. So uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, this thing is is blowing up and 
the numbers that I'm hearing that are sitting across the border waiting to come in, John and Amanda, is, I mean, seriously, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people, um, and it'll all be controlled not by the U.S. government and our ability to control our border, but by the cartels and their direction to these people when and where they're going to go. It is extraordinary. There's something even more jarring that Brandon Judd told us yesterday. And you were at a hearing a couple of months ago where the Border Patrol chief, the highest uniform officer of the Border Patrol, said we, the United States no longer has operational control of its border. He said something scary. He said as soon as this next wave comes, Title 42 comes down, we're up to 10, 12, 14, 16,000 a day coming across the border. Only 10 percent of Border Patrol agents will actually be guarding the border and the drug cartels will have operational control of the entire border. That's what he said last night, based on the intel that the Border Patrol is giving him. Your thoughts that we don't have control over our border, we've ceded it to the, board, uh, to the cartels. Yeah, Brandon's exactly right. Um, the, the, the drug, these, think of them as narco-terrorists. I mean, they, they're the most inhumane people I've seen. They will have control of our border. They already have control of our border. Nobody comes across even for legitimate traffic or trade without the cartels being aware and, and getting a vig on that. But what's going to happen here is they're going to direct people where they want them to go. And they're going to control that. And then they're going to send their drugs, their high t uh, value t uh, individuals across, whether they be from Iran, other terrorist nations, from China. Uh, you know, our adversaries, they're going to send them into the country. Criminal gang members are going to be able to come in uh, uh, far easier. And I, I think that even believing that we're going to have 10 percent of people on the line uh, when when we're overwhelmed with the, the processing of these individuals is actually very optimistic. Uh, just when I was just down um, a little over a week ago, again, uh, I all the places I drove along the border, um, I mean, literally on the border road, uh, I never saw a Border Patrol agent. They were too busy uh, um, dealing with the small groups here and there that they were having to deal with. Two here, nine here, 15 here, and the group that we, that we encountered was 21. So when you saw these, this happening, you realize that um, we really don't have enough agents there. And the, the, the soldiers that they're sending down, uh, Amanda and John, are not – going to be interdicting, they're going to be facilitating uh, uh, immediate release into the country. Mm. Congressman, I want to switch gears to something that I think shook most of the country yesterday when uh, the world became aware of this letter from Congressman James Comer and then on the Senate side, Chuck Grassley, uh, about this 1023 within the FBI alleging a, a what seems to be a pay-to-play pay scheme involving not Hunter Biden but the president of the United States, the current president of the United States. Is this something that you feel like could be the beginning of the unraveling of this administration, if, if that hasn't happened already? Yeah, uh, this. So in, in um, Chairman Comer's letter, he describes this as a uh, uh, apparent bribery um, uh, scenario. So the the allegation. So you got to have a whistleblower here. The whistleblower says that there's documentation um, in the hands of the FBI uh, that supports the allegation that Vice President Joe, then Vice President Joe Biden, was receiving 
um, money and other other perks in exchange for influencing policy. That's that's unbelievable corruption. It is really incredibly serious. So there's a couple of things that 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 we're looking at. Number one is is they, they, they need to provide that to us. So that's what the subpoena is all about. Let's give give us the information so we can go through this. We anticipate there will be a massive treasure trove and we're going to have to sort through to get to this one this one document. But then the second thing is, and this was in mentioned in, in Senator Grassley's um, uh, uh, piece as well, his letter as well, is that, look, your, your credibility, FBI and DOJ, at following up on these these politically charged uh, incidents is bad. You have a bad track record. And so we have to determine, you know, we the whistleblower is credible. We believe this exists. What have you done? And so we're concerned about the FBI's um, bias, um, suppression of of this potential damaging uh, information for political purposes. So there's this is a huge thing. And if if this goes and we're able to get the the documents. Uh, this could be the collapse of the Biden regime. Wow, these are extraordinary times, sir. There's a pattern that we're beginning to see. We know that whistleblowers were sending stuff to the SEC about Hunter Biden in fall 2016. We know this confidential human informant comes in in June of 2020, according to the Comer letter in the subpoena yesterday. Uh, there are contacts from a former U.S. attorney bringing Ukrainian officials to the NY. Uh, Southern District of New York in the fall of 2018. Of course, the stories that I wrote and others wrote in the laptop. It seems like the official government system was constantly blinking red that the Bidens were up to no good. There's the SARS, right? Hundreds of SARS over the years. And yet it seems like time and again, the FBI and the Justice Department just wasn't curious enough to look under the rock. What picture are you beginning to see with all the great work you've done the last few years about the willingness of the FBI to consider the possibility that the Bidens are up to something untoward? I think they've fallen foul. They've uh, The leadership of the FBI and DOJ seems to be hopelessly corrupted politically. Um, I'm not saying that they're that they're uh, corrupt, uh, you know, bribery type, but it but, se- certainly seems like they, that they have this political bias that has corrupted their ability to actually pursue some of these things. And and uh, I I just I, so that's what I'm getting at with the Grassley letter. I think I think Senator Grassley's right that the American people now don't trust the federal police apparatus. And why would you? Uh, all the things you just said mm-hmm. indicates that there's just no reason to trust them. And so that's why I have advocated for either a, a, either you, you, you have to dissolve the FBI and reconstitute something that, that, that's more trustworthy, or you have to um, just start parceling out and getting rid of some of the parts of the FBI that are, that are corrupt. All right, folks, everybody wants to be kept abreast of that explosive allegation that the IRS whistleblower made. Well, his lawyer, Tristan Levitt, he's one of the lawyers. He joins us from the Empower Oversight Whistleblower Center right after this message. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, 
Those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org justnews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's donorstrust.org slash just news. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. A longtime champion of whistleblowers, going back to the time when he was a great congressional investigator. Later, uh, he was a a key player on the Merit Service Protection Board. And today, he is the president of the Empower Oversight Whistleblower Center. Joining us now, my good friend, Tristan Levitt. Tristan, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. It is an honor to have you on. You have been such a champion of whistleblowers throughout your career. Now you're representing perhaps one of the most high-profile whistleblowers in a long time. Can you give us a little update on the process? Big vote last week. House accepts uh, your client to come in and do things. Where are we in that process? So there's, as with my co-counsel, Mark Lytle, when he identified, uh, I think on your podcast, just some limits on what he could say. There, right. there are some limits, but um, Chairman uh, Jason Smith has identified that their committee on House Ways and Means is committed to uh, thoroughly hearing these allegations. Um, and so we, we look forward to a process. We are engaged with both sides of the aisle. And we anticipate that uh, ultimately our client, uh, a very, very courageous and well-respected whistleblower, will be able to uh, share his allegations with Congress. Very well, interesting. I know Chairman Smith um, questioned Danny Werfel about this IRS commissioner, and um, the commissioner had an interesting comment to make. And I want to, I want to just get your take on the other side because I don't think that it comports um, with reality. Maybe check this out. Just this last week, we, re- we received outreach from an IRS whistleblower requesting the committee look into concerns 
uh, the individual has about allegations of misconduct. So can you commit that there will be no retaliation against that whistleblower? Mr. Chairman, while I can't comment on a specific case, I can say without any hesitation, there will be no retaliation for anyone making a, uh, an allegation or a call to a whistleblower hotline. Tristan, the, the status and protection of a whistleblower should be sacrosanct. And it seems like Danny Werfel agrees with that in that clip. But is that is that the case? Well, <laughs> the proof's in the pudding, right? If you notice, even in his comment, he specifically said uh, anyone who makes a disclosure to a whistleblower hotline and the law that protects whistleblowers, going back to the Whistleblower Protection Act 1989 and before that, is much broader than that. So IRS whistleblowers, just like other Title V employees in the federal government, have protection for a broad variety of disclosures, whether or not they go through the IRS's hotline. Uh, certainly are, you know, we will be very vigorously watching to ensure that there is no further retaliation of our client. Um, again, he's doing the right thing for the right reasons. And we're going through the process that is absolutely the way Congress intended it to be followed. And so, you know, we'll be watching closely to see what the IRS does at this stage. I want to just follow up on that statement because there was a very important set of words you said, further retaliation. Is there anything that's been done to this point that worries you that maybe this whistleblower has already faced some retaliatory or punitive actions? Well, I'm not authorized to fully speak about that. What we really want to focus on is the substance of the disclosures that he wants to make. That's the first thing foremost. He's not coming to Congress in order to pursue any uh, personal agenda. And really, he's setting aside you know, any considerations about his own career. So in the course of this, as with any whistleblower, you know, we, we anticipate that uh, you know, his supervisors are aware of what he's doing. And when you have a situation like that, then uh, it can it can sometimes have ramifications. So there will be more to come on that in the future. But for right now, we really just want to focus on ensuring that he's able to get in to the relevant committees and be able to share the information that is so significant. Yeah, the country waits that. That's for sure. Tristan, what you do in your organization is so important. So I want to just ask you a broader question about whistleblowing because... Think about the story of of Abraham talking to God about, you know, saving a nation over one righteous person. And I think that a lot of Americans, uh, they look at their government and they see so much corruption and so much evil. But they feel like if there are just a few righteous people who are willing to step forward uh, and, and speak out about things, to speak truth to power, to use a phrase that's often very overused. Uh, that's something that I think is essential to our way of life in America. And it kind of encapsulates how Americans feel about about rooting out that corruption. I love that you frame it that way, because I have long as a as a person of faith myself, it doesn't really come into my work. Right. But I, I think of whistleblowing as an act of conscience. What else would motivate someone to get out of bed and say, you know what, I'm going to do this thing that's going to put my career at risk, you know, that could have lifetime implications. But it really comes from people feeling like something's the right thing to do and they have to do something about it. And so time and time again, my first interactions with John were actually uh, with, uh, surrounding a whistleblower named John Dodson That's after right. the uh, Operation Fast and Fierce investigation 12 years ago now. And uh, and he really just, um, I was I have been so thoroughly impressed with him 
And, and it really, you know, has, has put me on a, on a course throughout my career of just wanting to share with everybody that can, how important it is to protect whistleblowers. Because if you don't do that, it's, it's like broken windows in New York city, right? If you don't protect whistleblowers <laughs> over even the small things, how can you expect that someone will come forward with the big major disclosures mm -hmm. that the public needs to know? Why would they do that if they see that even for small things, people have their careers ended. So it's so critical that we protect people. And again, I, I, you know, as a, the term righteous, I think absolutely applies. And, and it is very much an act of conscience to blow the whistle. Yeah, it is. And you work for one of the greatest protectors of whistleblowers that I've ever seen in my career, Senator Charles Grassley. And again, yesterday, there he was again, a new whistleblower, some very serious allegations, uh, the idea that maybe a confidential informant's allegation of wrongdoing against Joe Biden got deep sick somehow in the FBI in the summer of 2020 to see Chuck Grassley late 80s doing what he was doing in his early 50s. Uh, this is a man that's never given up on whistleblowers, isn't it? That's right. That's right. He is absolutely a defender of them. And I, and I hope he is around forever because we need those voices out there speaking on behalf of whistleblowers. No doubt. Yeah, Tristan, I wanted to ask you to just peel back the curtain a little, because I think as Americans view the importance of whistleblowers uh, for people who want to speak out, it seems like a, a fairly daunting task. Um, talk to people about your organization and, and the process of coming to you, receiving those protections, receiving counsel from Empower Oversight and, and just what that process is like for people and how they, if, if there's someone watching tonight who has something that they want to say, how do they do that? Absolutely. So Empower really um, was has come out of the experience of both myself and Jason Foster, who uh, founded Empower. He and I both worked together for Senator Grassley. And uh, so we were in the thick of protecting so many whistleblowers. And really, there are processes in place um, that have been in place for a long time, but they can be difficult sometimes for people to navigate and to understand. So my background had been to go from there to the House Oversight Committee and then to the Office of Special Counsel, not to be confused with the Mueller Special Counsel, but the Office of Special Counsel that protects whistleblowers. And uh, that is a an agency that has jurisdiction over not quite all of, but most of uh, civilian federal employees, excluding those uh, from the FBI, which is where it's significantly where some of our clients come from right now, and uh, not including the Intelligence Committee community. But the you know when people come to us, if they reach out, we have an outreach spot on our website. We we work with folks to understand what those allegations are. Now, again, the process that's in place is one that anybody can use. And so Empower really tries to look for specific areas where we can add value. Um, whistleblowers who might not otherwise be able to get their story out there um, because of our experience in working with Congress. We want to help get those that information to the right place. But yeah, when people reach out on our website, we follow up. We try and figure out what the facts are and what's significant there. And again, we have experience in working with the Office of Special Counsel and MSPB to make sure that they are protected. All right, folks, we're going to stay on the topic of whistleblowing and FBI whistleblowing, specifically the former FBI agent and FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin here. A lot to say, including why are there so many anti-Catholic things seeming to bubble up around the FBI? He'll have that after these messages. Hey, folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free 
app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mic. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. His whistleblowing began, I think, an avalanche of other FBI agents and supervisors now coming forward, even IRS supervisors coming forward to let us know that there are problems inside America's storied law enforcement agency. Joining us right now is the host of his own show by his own name, former FBI agent and FBI whistleblower Kyle Serafin. Kyle, great to have you back on the show. Good to see you, John. Good to see you, Amanda. You were an agent. You had a security clearance. You took your national security responsibility so seriously. When you see a former CIA director concocting a letter to give a talking point to uh, the Biden campaign, by the way, a false talking point, what runs through your mind? You held the same security type clearance that a Mike Morrell or a John Brennan had. You know, it, it reminds me of a, a famous line from George Carlin, right? It's one big club and you're not in it. Uh, <laughs> these guys are they're out there doing their thing, right? They, they decided that they're going to advocate for a policy position. They're going to advocate for a political candidate. And it's expressly against what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, it's just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't line up with the oath, which is to the Constitution. And it should be, in theory, something that uh, that has nothing to do with po- what political party is in power. That's the way I took it. You know, you, you mentioned uh, drag queens being recruited into the Navy, and it's the same thing there. It's like I, I, I enlisted in the Air Force, and it had nothing to do with what the social standing looked like. It's all about going out there and serving the mission and trying to be a good civil servant, and if nothing else, at least fulfill the oath, which I said, Constitution, has nothing to do with who's in power. Such a great point. Yeah. And, and Kyle, when I was growing up and I imagine it was the same thing for you, which was the reason you, you decided to, to work for the FBI. You look at our intelligence community and when we were growing up, they were storied institutions, respected institutions, uh, jobs that you aspired to obtain. And so there is this level of, of decorum and appropriate behavior that you expect to see from members of the FBI and the CIA. But someone, someone like John Brennan, you know, this, this email trail between Mike Morell and John Brennan, I have to think to myself, how stupid do you have to be to actually create a paper trail? It's there in black and white. And it just makes me wonder if, if things have just gone completely willy nilly in the FBI for someone like John Brennan and Mike Morell to actually put this in an email chain. I don't think it's stupid. I think it's arrogance. And I think it's the arrogance that we've seen from this, you know, from the people that are in, in the, the upper reaches of whether the FBI or any other part of the intelligence community, they don't see anyone falling on this stuff. You know, they're able to retire 
they're able to walk away from it without any shame. They get, they go get uh, high paid corporate jobs when it ends. And so why wouldn't they just do whatever they want, send any emails they want? Uh, my buddies and I have been talking about how interesting it would be to see the email chains that are going with our names in it. And I'm confident that they are every bit as arrogant as what you see here. They'd be blatant because they have no fear of being exposed because worst case scenario, somebody gets a subpoena from Congress and what are they going to say? Listen, this is an ongoing investigation. This yeah. is a personnel matter and we don't you know talk about it. This is a sources and meth issue. And so all these things are covered and protected. I know it. And so they, they're able to walk around and they act with impunity. Yeah. Arrogance is such a good description of what we've witnessed the last five to 10 years. Um, uh, ego over job and responsibility of the country. Really remarkable. Uh, Kyle, you've done so much to encourage and support people who saw wrongdoing somewhere in the government and are now coming forward. I, I call it an avalanche. I've been doing this work for 35 years. I've never seen more whistleblowers than in the last year. And a lot of people I talk to, some of these whistleblowers, they credit you. You had the courage. You didn't let it scare you. You came out. Now you have a podcast that allows these whistleblowers to get support and to tell their stories and inform the American public. I want to ask you about a major development this week. The revelation by Chuck Grassley and Jim Jordan that we broke yesterday here on the show, that uh, there is an FBI whistleblower who says there was a 1023 informant report, meaning a confidential informant, passed on information, detailed information, that Joe Biden might have been in a pay-to-play bribery scheme uh, in Ukraine uh, back when he was vice president uh, for the uh, under Barack Obama. The idea that that's there and people are wondering, the FBI didn't look at this, so that's certainly the concern, right? The FBI didn't look at this. Is it possible that they deep-sixed something that explosive and important? Of course. I mean, there's a lot of things that are that are politically motivated at this point. Um, you know, working in the national security space, it almost is inherently political. I don't think it used to be, but it certainly is at this now, you know, in this this current juncture. Yeah. So what are we looking at? We're looking at a source report. You know, this is a, a 1023 document that's going to be very similar to what people are used to seeing as these 302s. Right. And everybody's becoming an expert on FBI forms now, thanks, <laughs> thanks to the uh, January 6th trials. Right. So they're able to they're able to identify these things. Well, this is a very similar thing. It's some, you know, two agents sat down, most likely debriefed a source that knew something. They write it up. And so the fun thing about it is, is that that's in an agent's mind, probably two agents mind, and then the supervisor and any analysts who have looked at it. So it's not going to be limited to just hiding this thing away in uh, Delta, which is the actual computer system where these things get filed. The, the challenge is always going to be is that the executive branch will assert that they don't want to give up sources and methods. This could be an ongoing investigation, even if it's an investigation that's doing nothing, even if it's just an open case that's not getting any work and getting padded. So it, it'll be an interesting challenge to see if they're able to extract some of this information out of them because uh, the bureau is never going to give this stuff up willingly. And, and that's unfortunately the nature of dealing with an intelligence agency that still has the law enforcement capabilities. Yeah, good point. Kyle, I remember when you first came out as a whistleblower, I remember some of the things you said, and I agree with John. I think that you started the ball rolling for uh, the courage for a lot of these whistleblowers. Um, and I remember some of the things you said. You, you talked about, obviously, the politicization of the department, but also um, direction to spy on Americans with no legal basis whatsoever. And you had talked about some of some of the folks within the agency who stayed there uh, out of protection for their future, for their pensions. Those folks who you still talk to, are they still there? Did they finally decide to leave? Is this a situation where, where rats could be jumping ship? 
It's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, there's no one answer when we're talking about this number of people. So some people are still there 100% and they are trying to work against what is going wrong. And you want them there. I think, honestly, conservatives and people who care about America want them to be doing that job. And there's a lot of people that are still scared, whether they are current or former, whether they're retired um, agents and, and other employees. There's this really, really strange grip. And it's a very fearful grip. And hopefully, we, you know, through some of the actions that I've taken and some of the actions that Steve Friend have taken, showing that we're still alive and we're still kicking and we're still making noise and they haven't crushed us completely. Uh, because by all accounts, that's the expectation. You go out, you get loud and you're going to get smashed. And I think almost every FBI employee has that instinct. So a lot of them are still scared. And I mean, I reach out to people and ask if they'll comment on background and 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 off the record to uh, to reporters or to other people. And and they're terrified. And they just tell me I can't do that because they're afraid they're going to lose their paycheck. They might lose their pension, even though they're getting paid by the Office of Personnel Management. It has nothing to do with the FBI at this point. But there's a big and very deep seated fear. And it grips people because they spent their whole life obeying the rules. And now that the rules are tilted against you know, the American people, they don't know how to rectify those two things. It's, it's really difficult. So true. So I got about 20 seconds left. I just want to ask this quickly. You helped expose the FBI memo targeting Catholics at Latin Mass. We've got a story tomorrow coming out that the government wants to shut down a Catholic church's internal flame because it's gas powered. Is there a lot of anti-Catholicism going around the country right now? It's strange. I think actually there's kind of a sentiment of people that are getting more radical about being Catholic. They're willing to stay up because it's saying, you know, that they are the resistance. Um, you know, for whatever reason, the uh, the upper leadership of the FBI is pushing against the church. And I don't think they're going to win 2000 years versus uh, what, 100. All right, folks, go to Hands Off My Stove. Why? In a few seconds, the man who came up with the movement to protect Americans, gas stoves in their kitchens, Tim Stewart from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. He'll be with us right after these messages. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back, America. If you were reading Just the News, you know that the state of New York has become one of the first to pass a law that bans gas stoves and fossil fuels in all new buildings. This is a movement sweeping across blue cities and blue states now, and it can reshape the choices that we Americans have to heat and cook with, even what grills we might have on our deck in the coming decades. A lot of people are outraged about what's going on. Our next friend 
he has a solution. In fact, he's not only the sponsor of this great segment, he has been leading an effort to save your gas stoves. He is Tim Stewart, president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. He joins us right now. Tim, a lot has happened in the few weeks since we last had you on. Uh, a big court win. Uh, uh, one community in California told they couldn't do what they're doing, but several states and cities moving in the other direction undeterred. Uh, we're at a really big moment in American history when it comes to choices in our home, aren't we? We really are. And, you know, just in the last 24 hours, New York and you know, the New York legislature passed the bill to essentially outlaw new new natural gas hookups from in the next couple of years going forward. New York is the sixth largest natural gas consumer in 2020. Three out of five households in New York state use natural gas. Mm. And it's uh, it, it fuels 46 percent of the state's electricity generation. And so to, to make this move, it can be considered bold, but it's also considered absolutely foolish. But, John, you mentioned there is hope on the horizon you know that that court case which where the, the city of berkeley california lost in the ninth circuit which is the most liberal circuit court the, the fact of the matter is if, if you if we can win in berkeley we can win anywhere in the united states and so this is hands off my stove initiative we're really excited and we're we're really starting to pick up steam and and it's uh it, it holds some good opportunities for us in the future oh, that it does Tim, uh, my husband and I are foodies. We love going out and trying new restaurants. I gotta say though, I never expected restaurants to be the tip of the sphere because with respect to, or the tip of the sphere, with respect to that California case, wasn't it the California Restaurants Association who opposed it? And can we expect to see other restaurant uh, unions and organizations across the country being the ones to really take up uh, proverbial arms against this? I, th I think yeah, that is the case. It was the restaurant owners uh, who had expressed real concern, and and reality is 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 this just isn't an oil and gas industry issue. This is this is a holy war on our way of life. It really is. It, the the war on natural gas is a holy war on people's choices more than anything else, and that's what's really really frustrating is because you have many in government who are saying, well, there's we're we're, we're not going to take away your gas stoves. The fact of the matter is is when they say they're not going to do something, odds are they are going to do something. Senator Secretary Granholm said earlier this year, there's not a war on natural gas, and it's not true. We've seen that here in, in, in New York just in the last 24 hours. And so it's going to take a, a big coalition, a, a coalition of a Baptist and bootleggers, as the saying goes, uh, all across the all across the economic spectrum. And people want to put a stop to this. Yeah, it's funny because they, you, I guess you could still have your gas stove. You're just not going to have that connection because they just outload the connection into your house. So I guess it becomes an antique. You can put pots on it. Here's the funny thing. I, I, now, since I've met you and I've gotten involved in the hands off my stove movement, I love this. I get excited. When I go to a restaurant, I go, I go by the kitchen and just ask this guy, do you guys, does anyone here not want to cook with gas? They're like, oh, no. There's only one way. To, if you were a chef, there's only way to cook. It's gas. There, there's no one that says, oh, I can't wait to use my electric stove. And I have nothing against electric stoves. But the great cooks, the great restaurateurs, everyday Americans, they know this is the best way to cook. How big a force will chefs and everyday cooks be to really telling the story that you're taking an entire way of life unnecessarily away from America? 
Well, again, it's, this goes to the situation of choice. And if I'm a small restaurateur, I need to have that choice. I, I have my my recipes, my menus that, that may have been in place for generations or two. And you're telling me that I uh, that I have to figure out a way to regulate how I can, how I cook and how I control those heat sources using electric versus gas. If I want the if I want the heat source off, I turn it off and the gas disappears and the heat source goes away. As, as you know, with electric, it's a very very different situation. The interesting thing, John, is is we have had a lot of interest expressed by those small business owners who yep. own and operate Asian themed restaurants, which is really interesting. It's a cultural thing. You know, Chinese, uh, Southeast Asian, they, they have always cooked with woks, which require high heat, instant demand uh, and natural gas stove. And those restaurant owners are the ones who are expressing real concern about this right now as well. So it's a, it's not just a war on natural gas stoves and natural gas. It's a war on ethnic food, apparently, as well. Yeah. Way of life. Well, and you bring up a great point. I mean, my husband and I just got a Blackstone grill and I'm not giving it up. So I guess we'll just have to start hoarding <laughs> propane. But here in California, I mean, it, it's a huge culture here. Um, seeing food trucks lining up and down the streets and not even in the trucks, like in tents on the side of the road. Um, and they are using gas. This is something that, it, you know, it's not just American citizens, white, you know, white people like Democrats like to talk about. It's everybody. And so if I'm in a terrapage, from the Democrats playbook, you're going against Hispanics, you're going against Asian. That sounds racist to me. Yeah, it really does. And, and again, this is one of those first world upper middle class, upper, upper class and upper middle class white person problems. I hate to say that, but that's really what it is. Uh, the issue is the climate change, which has largely replaced excuse me if I philosophize here, sort of religion in a lot of people's lives, their search for meaning. This is something meaningful that they think that they can get a hold of. And that means I have to ex exercise my, my sort of quasi-religious views on you and your salvation depends on, my salvation depends on you adhering to my particular point of view. It's a, it's, it, this is where the policy versus the philosophical approach gets really, really difficult. And the challenge is, is, is you want me to change my worldview and my viewpoint to make you feel better about yourself. It's ridiculous, but that's the direction they're going here. So again, we want to give people this opportunity to fight back. That's the most frustrating thing they're expressing to me is they don't know how to fight back. And hands off my stove, as we've got people all over the country who are coming in, they were helping organize at the local level and we'll be able to push back really hard on those local officials who are making really dumb choices on behalf of their constituents. Yeah, there's nothing like the power of a grassroots movement to scare regulators and politicians into doing something right instead of what they're headed to doing now wrong. Join, folks, go to uh, www.handsoffmystove, get involved in this. It is a great investment. You can get a lot of stuff. I have an idea I think I'm going to propose to Amanda. I love cooking on my gas grill in my gas stove. And here's the deal. I think we're going to start a recipe. You guys tag us on social media. Give us your gas recipes, and we'll become little rebels putting out all the gas-only recipes you can give us, and we'll put that up on Justin News every, every week. Tim, just real quick, we got about 30 seconds left. Um, how, what, when people join Hands Off My Stove, what can they do? How can they make a difference side-by-side side with you? Well, that's a great question. And the most important thing is stay close because we have on the website, this is what's happening at the local level. Are, is your local community at risk? Is your state at risk? And if not, reach out and support other people. And we're acting as a conduit to help people help each other. So we appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about it. 
All right, we got one more good one for you. Michael Loftus, yes, the comedian, the extraordinary talent that leads the troupe at that show tonight, one of the great comedy shows in America. They got a new show coming up, and they've got some great new skits. You're going to laugh at some of them. Michael Loftus will take us into the rest of Sunday with a little bit of smiles and laughter. Why not? We need it after a week like this. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Everywhere I go, people say, you know, most of comedy today is too careful. It's too boring. It's too politically correct. It's not even funny anymore. They've turned off most of the nightly comic shows that used to dominate our culture. Well, there's one place where that is not true. This, uh, the good folks at that show tonight have evaded not only cancel culture, they've evaded the temptation to stop being funny. They're still funny. I laugh every time one of their new skits comes out. And you know what? Millions of other people are laughing, too, because you can see their videos are going out and getting millions of views now. Finally, we found somebody funny again in America. And to celebrate that moment, we brought in the executive producer and one of the great leaders of the That Show Tonight comedy troupe, our good friend, Michael Loftus. Michael, welcome back to the show. Wow. Thanks for having me. That was that was quite the uh, quite the intro. I love it. I feel like I, I owe you like 20 bucks or something. Actually, it's, it's 40. Uh, you didn't pay it for last time, but I'll call collect later. Don't worry. You're good. You're good. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and I do take PayPal, right. but be I, careful. The IRS is going to charge you next year. So, right. I'm not going to Venmo uh, any money. <laughs> yeah, don't Venmo. Show up no at Venmo. the door. Like, no Venmo. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> well, congratulations. I mean, I've been watching the numbers on these videos. They are blowing up. You've got another big event coming up to May 13th. Tell us about that first. Let's start with what we can look forward to in a couple weeks. Okay, so um, it's a sketch comedy show. There's musical guests. There's cartoons. It's it's all of the above, and it's not woke. That's the wonderful thing. We've carved out this wonderful niche uh, with our own our own servers. They can't unplug us. So it's it's a wonderful show. And so we're going to be taping at the America First Warehouse on May the twelfth. We are we are furiously uh, writing the, the oh there's the place right now. This Look is this is a phenomenal facility. The place gets packed. Go to theamericafirstwarehouse.com get and get your tickets. Uh, we've got a bunch of surprises for everybody, and it's like it's tough just to keep up with it, right? It's like, you know, you, you write about one bank failing and, ooh, there goes another one. There's another one. Now we've got to do a, a Joe Biden skit about him uh, blowing off the, the coronation of the king. Yeah. See, he doesn't want to go because it's going to be a flashback for him. He's going to remember when he was there for the, the coronation of, of like King George, ah. like uh, when, when America was first starting. 
He's like, I'm going to get arrested. I was I was throwing tea into the harbor. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, that, darn knew? George Washington with his America first policies. That's what we're going to hear next <laughs> right? from Joe Biden criti- yes. criticizing and, that. Okay, And the cultural appropriation of the Native Americans That's... at the Boston Tea Harbor. <laughs> Right, right. Yes, yes. Um, Okay. We love having you on because we love sending more people to your comedy shows and and to your website. So uh, one of the best ways that we can do that is giving people a little preview of your product. So I want our audience to see this clip. Everybody check it out. Woke man, you're up. It's ma'am. Get on with it. Okay, I'm proud to say I don't need a secret identity. I had my name legally changed to woke ma'am. I live that life, yo, and I don't have any weaknesses. I've evolved to a point where nothing can hurt me. You're woke. I guarantee I could say something right now that would destroy you. Nice try, but your words have no power here. Donald Trump. That name, it hurts. Socialism fails everywhere it's implemented. That's not real socialism Ooh, i got one there are only two genders losing consciousness stop it you guys you're killing him i think this highlights a couple things number one the squishiness of our society everyone's just a bunch of doughy doilies people can't take any type of criticism or truth because we are living in a post-truth era but also this is incredibly timely because i can't remember the guy's name but the city council gentleman who came out as a native american lesbian he's turning the rule book on the left using sololinsky's rules for radicals and just totally flipping the script to the point where they don't know what to do with this point and i think that stuff like this is perfect yeah it's fantastic and god bless that uh that fine young lady city councilman for being so brave. <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh, America's had enough and it's and it's fun to watch. And I, I don't want to spoil anything now, but we've got we've got some uh, some Bud Light stuff coming up. Uh-oh. And I think that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like Americans, we can endure a lot. But then there comes a point where it's beyond ridiculous. It's it's madness. And finally, it's wonderful to watch. Uh, Americans voting with their wallets. You know, it's it's just we're not going to tolerate this anymore. And that's why I, I thank everybody for supporting that show tonight and subscribing, going to that show tonight dot com uh, and signing up for, for for the shows. We're adding content all the time. Uh, it's 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 fun it's funny. I wish we didn't have to do it. I wish this world wasn't so insane. But as long as as long as they're going to do it, we got to make fun of these idiots. They're so fragile. They're so fra- we did. We did a skit about the uh, uh, a mafia family taking over America. Right. We're going to run things the right way. You got people in front of your business. We're going to get them moving along. We have people who are actually trying to call and hire the mafia <laughs> to protect their business. That's when you know you got power. That's power. Oh, my right? God. That's a, that is amazing. Yeah. First you get the comedy. Then you get the subscription. Then you get the power. It's unbelievable. And who <laughs> thought we would live in an era where a Kennedy would be the conservative in the Democratic primary? I mean, Bobby Kennedy is to the right of Joe Biden. Said what I think most Americans say. Listen. 
men competing in women's sports is just downright stupid. But there you go. Kennedy's now the conservative. Yes. Who knew? I think we got time for one more short click, Michael. I can't stop laughing. So let's show this one. You tell us what's the inspiration for this. All right. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, super yeah. We get, wait, we get cheaper gas? Yeah. Why yeah. would you even ask that question? Was this an option the whole time? <laughs> I'm going, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. My vote is, yeah. Yes. Michael, we got about 20 seconds left. I love that everybody talks that way in real life. Last thoughts before we go to the commercial break, my friend. We have to do it. It's right there. It's like playing T-ball. Home run after home run. That's showtonight.com. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Hey, real quickly, you want to get that book I wrote, Hidden Headlines for Children, The Story of Free Speech. It features my son's hamster, Chunk, and the great detective dog, Seymour Clues, and so many of the great characters. But it really tells a story what free speech needs to be free. Go to bravebooks.us to go get that today. You get a free copy if you sign up for their monthly book club this week. That's a good thing. Go do that on a Sunday afternoon. Give a gift that keeps on giving to your children or your grandchildren or your nephews or your nieces. Go do that. It's a good investment for, for good people. Brave Books US is a great group of people. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up and we'll be back Monday with regular programming. Until then, God bless and have a great Sunday. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 248 Five six thousand. That's one eight hundred two four five six thousand. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com/slash/victor. Taxnetworkusa.com/slash/victor. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean, L-E-A-N, 
Com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider.